0: Good morning. morning. So glad to see you folks here today. Th- this is a, a first for me uh, in the United States. It's first time I've ever preached and not wore a tie. Old habits are hard to change sometimes. My dad's turning over in the grave right now. Andy Garcia, no, I don't want your tie. It won't go with my blue. I didn't hear that. Well, well, I've never been free, but I've been cheap sometimes. uh, I'll play that video if you don't behave yourself. I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know how this is going to go this morning. Mike's sitting back here wondering what is he talking about. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. Do you or is it just a figment of my imagination? I think I think many of us do, did not tap in to the song that the worship song that Jake And the worship team led us in this morning. You know, uh, 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 there are several things that happens, things that we want in the spiritual that we can't just pass on to you. For instance, Elijah and Elisha Elijah said to Elijah, what is it that you want? And Elijah said, I want a double portion. What did Elijah say? He said, you asked for a hard thing. Listen to me now, this this is a big key. He said, Elisha, what is it that you want? He said, I want a double portion. Elijah said, in other words, the older man. He said, you asked a hard thing. Now, if Elijah said that to the younger man, then we have to give it some credits, credence. We have to. this is what Elijah said. He said, okay, if you see me when I'm taken up, you realize that Elijah knew something was going to take place that was not normal. There was going to be some supernatural things that were going to be manifested at the exit of this prophet. That there was a possibility that you could be so taken up in what was going on behind the scene there that could possibly hinder what Elisha was asking. Elijah's Elijah's mindset was, oh, he's asked a hard thing. I I wonder if he's going to be able to focus in on me instead of all these things that are going to be happening When I leave this world. Did not Jesus say. If I be lifted up. I will what? Draw. All men unto me. In other words Elijah wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about what was going to transpire. It was foreshadowing. The Lord. We can get. So tied up in the peripheral things of our life that we fail to see what the Lord wants us to see. We 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 are so can I say we're so finicky we 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 are so we're a people that are easily distracted. You follow what I'm saying? We're easy to be distracted. You know, I can see Elijah as so he's thinking all this stuff that could go on, and he's trying to tell young Elisha. I believe this is what the message would have said to him. He said he would have said something like this son, he said, There is only there are some things that can only be passed on by your faithfulness. Do you get that? There are some things you're just not gonna get unless you're faithful. You've got to be faithful, folks. That's what everything is centered on. You know, we it was a church. I don't care. Well. There's a lot of churches that their criteria for second-tier leadership in a church is not based upon how much money you give, not that you can even teach a class. In other words, you may have all the qualities. And the, and the knowledge and the understanding but the thing that that pastor, that shepherd chief shepherd of that church is going to look for is not how much money you put in not, not your qualifications but what? Your faithfulness your faithfulness. In other words, can you stick with it when everything is going bad? Or are you just available when everything suits you or nobody's upset in the boat? Faithfulness is very important. In the book of Exodus. Megan's going to put it. See, I got your name right. Megan's going to put it up on the board here. I really want you to follow through this morning with me. Would you do that? Would you do that for for me? It's very important that you, that you see this because I think it's going to benefit you quite a bit this morning. A little preamble here of what is going on. Moses is the one that God had sent to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now now what has taken place is that Moses had already been up to the mountain and he had already received the law of God, the the Ten Commandments. He, He had already faced these trials and tribulation if you would he, he had his badges of courage that was not visible upon his vestment but he had gone through these things of discouragement he had gone through these things of making lousy decisions he had gone through these things that people didn't understand him he had gone through these situations where they wanted to kill him People were very finicky in some ways one day they would really be for him you know when the plagues would come the second day they were mad at him because in some ways it was affecting them also he got up there and he was at a point I mean he had already gone to the place where he was up at at the Red Sea and just army was behind him the Red Sea was in front of him and he was probably thinking, Lord, what? I'm literally between the rock and the hard place, if you want to call it that. You know, I, I, can't, go, I can't go back because I first got to get through the people that you want me to, to deliver. And you got me up to this place, there's seemingly no way to get across. And yet I've made the statement that this is the direction we're supposed to go. So I, I've been down that road. And I've faced these. Difficult decisions and now we've gone across and you have invited me up the mountain for some reason and when Moses was up there God wrote the Ten Commandments he was under such an emotional feeling anointing or what have you and he went back down and when he went back down he thought the people would just be so thrilled and excited that they would just shower on him platitudes and different things of, wow, but I mean, he just got right to the edge and looked down and he heard all this hard rock music. (laughs) A little input there. Okay. Uh, You heard all this music and he got on down and he saw everybody acting like what he thought God had asked him to deliver the people out of. They'd already gone through the they'd already gone through the, the, the cliches of we want the leaves and the garlic. Anybody with their right mind, is that really what you want? Is the leaf? The leaves, you know, the cabbage and the and the, and, and the garlic? Can you imagine two and a half million people getting through eating eating garlic and you're downwind from them? He goes back down, he sees all this and sees the one that he's got the most confidence in. He goes to Aaron, he said, "What what have you done? What have you allowed? Not what you believe in, but what have you allowed to happen? So he got through talking, and Moses got very upset, took the tablets that God had written on himself, and he broke them. Now he's at a place he has. The people's mad at him. He doesn't know if he can depend upon Aaron or not. He's lost that connection seemingly to God himself. He becomes very vulnerable to everything. What's he do? I'm glad you asked that question. He returned to the mountain, the place of God. He goes up there and to me this is one of the most intimate Exodus, the thirtieth chapter, thirty third chapter, verse, verse twelve. F- follow along with me. And mine's a little, little different here. It says this: Mo- Moses is just really beside himself, and he doesn't, and he just takes the veneer. You know what I'm talking about? He, the veneer is the is the outside part of the tree. It's not the interior, but it's that which we wear. It has a tendency to cover up what's really going on inside of us the hurts the disappointments and we you know compared to you, you come in and people ask how are you doing you say doing fine and you're really not but you don't want them to know it you know what i mean you've been there you've done that you wear that t-shirt or did you buy it you're trying to put on that good face I think Moses was in the same position, but he literally stripped that off of him. He made himself bare. He took the veneer off, and he approached God in a way that nowhere else in the Bible does it quite reach that except for the time of Jesus in the garden. This is the conversation that goes on. Can you can you imagine after all the things Moses where he's at, the what he's thinking? He's not really positive at this point in his life because everything in regard to him has been stripped away. Now it's just him and God. And this is a question that Moses brings up to the Lord. Then Moses, said to the Lord, you following me? he follow? has got your Bible, this just raise it up. he has got a smart phone and it's got your Bible on there. <laughs> then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have Not let me know whom you will send with me, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Am I too loud this morning? uh, uh, All right, because it sounds a little loud to me, but okay, all right, I just want to make sure everybody can hear me distinctly. Because I believe God's got a word for you this morning it says there but you have it says and you, you say and he said to the Lord you say, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight now therefore I pray if I have found grace in your sight Show me now your way. Wow, what a statement from a leader of millions of people. And do you lead a people that you really don't know the Lord's way at that particular time based on what you have gone through? Is it, this, is not, this is not Moses talking to somebody in the crowd. This is Moses talking from his heart to God. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Are you telling me, but before this, Moses did not know God? Show me your way that I may know you and that I have found grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And and he he said, and Moses said, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, Moses saying back to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. In other words, the most important thing to Moses was not the accolades of the people, not even where they were, but the most important thing to Moses was a half to half. Go with me, or I'm not going to move one step. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, your your sight, except you go with us. It's not the size of the army it's not the wealth that the people have it's not the population of the people but it's that significant thing the significant thing that god is with us that is the most important thing it's not what everybody else says it's it's not the amalekites that they'll have to fight on down the road it's it's not the egyptians because they've they've drowned almost all their army It's not what they have done, but it's that the presence of God cannot be replaced in the Hebrews' life. They count it above everything. The presence of God is without is without innumerable wealth of money. It's not that they had a big military. It's not that they were a large people in population, but it was that God's presence went with them. And the word began to be spread about by their enemies. Don't look at their size of their military. Don't look that they don't even have a place to lay their head but it's their God that makes a difference in who they are. Verse, verse 16. For how then will they know, how how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So there was a determining factor and a link between them going successfully in the presence of God had to be there. So we will So we shall be separate. We will be different. Okay, Your people and I from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, this is where it it really gets, to me it really becomes important. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. So what Moses asked was, I'm not, we're not going to go anywhere unless your presence go with it goes with us. And God turns around and He says, I says this time, I'll do what you say. I will go before you. People will, will know that grace is upon you. So, reading it again. I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name so there, there's like a, a re- repetition here that Moses has Lord I really need to know that we have found grace in your in your sight I really need to know that have you, have you been that away have, 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 has life dished you out things in your life that you wonder what you're I mean Shakespeare even said to be or not to be that is the question I'm not exactly sure in regard to how that might fit in with us. But to for us to be or not to be is based upon, is he gonna go with us? If he goes with us, then he will, his grace is sufficient. Is that what the Bible says? His grace is sufficient for me. Lord, you have no idea what I've gone through. You have no idea what I have faced. I've lost a loved one. <coughs> My marriage is a flop, a failure, multiple times. I don't even know that you really know me. And yet God's reputation was two times, I know you by name. You understand that? God knows all the multiple millions of people on the face of the earth at that time not even talking about now I'm talking at that time God knew their name now why is that something important to me it's important to me to realize that the God of heaven the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God that delivered was there to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage that was there if he knew the individual names then you know, there was a connection in the in the eastern philosophy of life and sociology and everything. You only gave your name because there was so much tied into that name. Some of them even believed if someone knew their name, they had a hold on you. They had a hold on you. So they would not give their name. There was two names. One, it was a family name. It was one that... All of their family the ones that they were close to they knew but I hold that in secret I hold that in trust because that name is who I am and anybody that knows that can take who I am that was the uh, the, uh, the Asiatic people's philosophy of life even in an in in American Indians Native Americans it carried on through that but God said I know your name I know your name not the one you show everybody but the one that describes exactly who you are and choosing the name for my oldest son I, I wanted I wanted a name that was going to reflect Christian heritage we decided to call him Jason I just didn't go and look at a list of all the male names. I I went and looked at the meaning of those names and when I saw the name Jason and I saw that it meant the one who praises me, I said, that's the name. Family is going to be able to identify him. Just like Joshua when when they needed him and and he said uh, deliver our, our, our salvation it identified who they were and God says amongst all of them he looks at Moses and he said I knew you by name and today let me tell you something that has a dual meaning to us he not only knew Moses by name he knew every one of those children of Israel or the Hebrew children at that time, by name. And I tell you today that God knows your name. The one that reflects exactly who you are. I mean, look at, look at Jacob, Sir Planner. Wow, God had to change his name. Because of, uh, 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 the family identified him as a loser. But in God's eye, that's not the name that he should be. God had to change Peter's name from just a little rock to a big one. that eventually Jesus would turn and say, upon this rock I will build my church. He knows your name. Whatever you're going through, whatever identifies yourself with who you are, maybe our first question should be, Lord, how do you identify me? Am I a loser? Am I, am I one that is going to do something for the kingdom of God? Does it reflect some spiritual understanding? I never will forget the first time, the first time me and Jason had a, had a conversation. He said, Dad, how, why did you name me Jason? I said, it didn't have anything necessarily to do with the name, but it had a, had a lot to do with its definition. And he said, and what was that? And I said, it meant that you are a praiser of God. Light went off in him. He said, Dad, do you really think that that's who I am? And I said, you may not be it right now, but that's what God sees. And one day, you're going to magnify our Father. So God and Moses is having this sincere talk. And as he's saying that, and they're kind of laying out the things here, and so the Lord said to Moses, verse uh, yeah, verse 17, so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my Sight, and I know you by name. Verse 18, and he said, Please show me your glory. Now, now, now look, Moses said, Now, now God, we're not, we're not going to move unless you're going to go with us. He said, Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Then, then he said, he ties it to, If we have found grace in your in your eyes. In other words, the the Hebrew for 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 the, for the, for uh, grace is favor. If we have found favor in your in your eyes, so he's moved from his expectation of what God was going to do with these people. But now he's asking something of God for himself. And he, and he said, uh, there in 17. I will also do this thing that you have folk spoken for for you have found grace in my sight could there be anything greater than God speak to you and say to you yes you have found grace you have found favor with me oh, I'll tell you just to hear I mean that that's that's the equivalent of the New Testament well done the good and what? Wow, there's that word again. Faithful servant. Moses pushes it a little bit here. And he says, and he said, Please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. He is really pushing it. He's really pushing it. Verse, Verse 19, and he said, I will, this is, to me, this is where it really gets interesting. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass for you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Let's hold on. A few years ago in St. Louis, my wife was, was asked to be over the, the concessions of the ladies, what do they call it, ladies LPG, the Goth women's deal yeah for the one that they had in St. Louis and and she said do you want to go with me I said I'm not really into golf and I'm certainly not into watching a bunch of women hit a ball all over the course for two and a half hours I said but I guess it's one of those things it's it's once in a lifetime because I didn't have $200 to spend on something I really didn't care anything about so I went and one of the things that I noticed by watching I'm looking at Dan back there. Dan just, you know, chomping at the big boys. If I had that opportunity, I'd, I'd really... thing being, I went out there, and I don't know who the lady was, and she was coming up to start the the golf game off. Show how little I know about that. But, but one thing that, that got my attention was there was this person that, was about 10 feet behind this, this lady. And I guess he would be what the British used to call the holler or the proclaimer. And had this pole that he, he would go and it had the list of all of her accomplishments. The things that she had won. All the wonderful things. And what it was, th- that guy was proclaiming everything about this professional lady that was a gopher, proclaiming it. And I thought of that and I thought about the scripture here. Where, where, it say, where it says in verse 19, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. That's what God's saying to Moses. And this part, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord i will proclaim the name of the lord before you it's like it's what like visualizing god walking down in front of moses and can i just say the holy spirit walking behind him proclaiming he is alpha and omega he's the beginning of the end he's jehovah jireh he is jehovah nissan he is he is god almighty he is, the, he is the Lord that is my banner, that the writer of Songs of Solomon said, and his banner over me is love. And all of these accolades are being proclaimed as Moses stands there and watches this procession of the goodness of the Lord. And, and God says this to him right after say, And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on who, whom I will have compassion. Now, I looked up that gracious in the, in the Hebrew. This particular, the way that it was used, I found very interesting. Do you understand that God Almighty is standing there, imagining this, is standing there and addressing Moses? And he says, I will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious. I looked up that gracious, and it means one who is superior that stoops down to the one that is inferior because he has love and compassion for this one. I'm thinking, and God of heaven, has come down to us someone that knows moses's name but also knows my name and this is this is what he said i will have i will have i will be gracious to whom i'll be gracious and i will have compassion on whom i would in other words i will love who i will love and i will stoop to the place where he can see me at his level. That's my paraphrasing, okay? And then, then it says in, 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 verse, in verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face. You cannot see my face. So there is a limitation, it seems like, that is there because of who God is and who Moses is. But this is, this is the interesting thing. When he says, And he said to me, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And God has such compassion and love on him, and showing him such grace, he makes it possible that this can take place. For in verse 21, to me, is so important. And the Lord said, the Lord said, All this is going on. I pray your eyes of your understanding are open. Okay? I'm just putting that in as a caveat. I'm just praying that you see what God's word is about to say here. All right? I just pray that, that you won't be blinded to the things that are going on in your life. But at this moment in time, God is speaking to you so you can understand something verse 21 and the Lord said here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put I will put you in The crevice of this rock, and you will and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Okay, jump jump with me over to the story of Abraham. Anyone remembers Abraham? You knew him? Just wanted to see how old you are. So he went a few days' journey up into the mountain and he carried his son Isaac with him, right? You know what the Bible says? And he and he he got up there and he couldn't go any higher. He knew that his journey was coming to an end with what God was trying to show him. Because he had already made the statement, said, We're going to go and sacrifice to the Lord. Isaac said to him, But where's 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 the sacrifice? happened all of a sudden they heard the noise the sound and they turn around and they see that the ram caught in the thicket thing being a moment before it wasn't there the day before it wasn't there but some reason or not between that moment in time there was a ram caught in the thicket Okay, now go back with me to, to, to Exodus here, what God says. And the Lord said, "Here is a place by me. Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock." In other words, I believe it was there all the time, but till God revealed it to him, they could not see it. But when they saw it, it provided it provided a place for Moses. To see the glory of the Lord. And I'm telling you, as a corporate body this morning, and as an individual, there is a place in God that God has prepared for you in the time of storms, in the time of difficulties, that you can call on your 911. Psalms 91, one. all right. Let's jump over there. And behold, he that dwelleth in what? The secret, what is the secret place? I believe it's directly connected to Exodus 33.21 where he said, there is a place by me The Lord says, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a what? A place. Oh, okay. Jump back. 911. There it is. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty what this speaks to me is that in all of our distractions in all the things that will pull us away from the knowledge of God can I just say it like this let's take the Hebrews for instance they were distracted by the straw was pulled out of them being able to make the bricks that was going to make cities the Egyptians they were distracted by that then they started turning on their own self and more distractions and then the plagues who God the God used the plagues to make it possible that the children would come out because it showed the power of God every one of these plagues affected one of the gods of Egypt Every one of them was a God of Egypt and God was showing, I have power over every one of those gods. So the distractions that we see can be God showing his power over each one of them. Hear me now. We are distracted today by family problems, We are distracted today by health issues. Hear me and I say this prophetically. Every family in America is going to be affected some way or another by the the marriage problems that we have, by homosexuality, LGBT or whatever it's called, By all of these things are nothing more than distractions that would hold you back from what God wants to do in your life. They are distractions. And they are becoming more prominent all the time. But God is saying, there is a place that is beside me that is your nine one one. Look at it. Look at it that way. What is your nine? At your call, that when when you're in when you're in trouble, uh, supposed to be when you're when you're in trouble. I mean, now they say that if you dial nine one one. It takes the minimum. It takes about four minutes for uh, a police to be able to get to where you are. Well, what about from the time you call to the four minutes? Do you have any kind of other option? glad you asked me that question because you do have an option your prayer is faster than the speed of light soon as you even before you voice help me Lord God's already heard it and if you depend upon and you find that place and you dwell in that secret place of the most high god will come to your rescue or help you every time if you could just you know this was several years ago but that's this is my story it was after the vietnam vietnamese war the vietnam war of the soldiers that i had talked to and they did one of those uh, foxhole prayers and they were telling of the hope was gone there was no probability they would ever make it out and they called upon the name of the Lord things they remembered from their childhood in Sunday school class. The only thing they could think of is asking God to help and hearing that God had come on the scene and done some marvelous things stuff that you wouldn't believe how God provided for them. see the book of the book of John I think it's uh, 15 16th chapter It talks about that Jesus is talking it it talks about that he's the true vine and we're the branches and the branch on it by itself cannot do anything but because it is connected to the vine it is able to produce fruit okay everything from that vine to that branch the DNA of that plant is transferred from the vine to the branch so that the branch can produce the fruit when we are connected to when we have found that secret place of the Most High his DNA literally comes into us and his DNA supplies all the nutriments to produce what we were destined to produce all of our life everything that we become is because of our connection to that place that even God said in Exodus 33rd chapter and verse 21 and the Lord when the Lord said here is a place by me and you shall stand on this rock in the new testament says and that rock was Christ that rock was Jesus this was symbolic that there was a rock by the side of God and God had already prepared it and he said okay you know it's it's like in the very beginning of things and God knew somewhere down the road there was going to be a Moses and Moses was going to uh, going to ask about His glory, and God prepared that rock before it ever took place, and now Moses couldn't see it. But then God reminded him and said, "But Moses, here's a here's a place by me." He said, "You're going to stand there. I'm going to pass by. There's a crevice in that. It's amazing what God knows. There's a crevice in that rock. I'm going to put you in there, and I've already made I've already made it possible." To be able to protect you and cause you to do and to see and experience and to come out successfully. God says, You're going to stand there. I'm going to put you in the crack in there. I'm going to put my hand, I'm going I'm to double cover you. Woo! I'm going to double cover you. You're in the rock. You're in Christ Jesus. And it said, As a shadow of the Most High, it's His hand. Oh, somebody say man this morning do you get it today the hand of the Lord is the shadow of all of the of of, of the problems that is coming your way it's got to get past his hand first somebody say man this morning and after it gets, if it possible it gets past that hand he's got you hid in Christ Jesus so all these things that you're going through all these things that we're hearing of the world all these things that are happening to our country, our distractions, God has already made it possible for us to come together and make it. You've dealt with death, who hasn't? But God's made it possible that we can survive it. It's all about life and death anyway. Bible says that to be absent from the body is to to be what to be present with who and who has taken away the sting of death God he's already prepared a place for you he is saying to you open your eyes there's a place by me of protection. There's a place by me that no matter what the world has to offer, no matter what the destructions are, no matter what the situations are you're going through, there's a place of protection. Do your 911 call. He that abides, it's not respect or a person. You women are invited into it also. Okay? It's your 911. It's your 911. Live under the shadow of God's hand of protection. Can I say it this way? He's got your back. He's got your back today. Let me say it one more time. He's got your back today. Can we let, let us just can we just stand together this morning? Can, can we just do one of those verses or that course on faithful that, that you did It brings that out, I remember the specific word but can we just put aside and break through these distractions and ask the Lord, Lord open my eyes and I can see that place that I can see there's a place by you and that's by him for you. There's a place by him that you can step into. These are distractions. else this morning is being distracted by things of this life? Oh, hear me. This is a distraction. Problem with your legs. It's a distraction. But there's a place that God has You you don't even know it, but, but God knows exactly who you are, what you're going through, the hell that's all around you. But God has a place. You hadn't even seen it, but it's right by you. And God is wanting to protect you in the middle of it all. Hold on. See, so you found that, that moment in time when the outcome could have been even worse than what you even could have thought. But there was a place that God hid you in for a purpose. God opened your eyes. You don't even didn't even realize it at that time. It was a distraction. As bad as it was, God preserved you, brought you through for a purpose that even to this day you don't understand it, but God does. But God does. you've, You've had a very difficult life. Now, some of this I know. But one of the things that I see this morning is you found your 911 and you were able to abide under the shadow of his hand. And the older you get, you begin to see more clearly that God had prepared that place for you. You think it's bad? oh for some people it is it's a distraction it's a thing in some ways that's kept you where God has wanted you to be and that is in a relationship with him and that's what it's all about Amen Would you kind of Saying this one time through with me, and then I'm going
1: to pray. Beautiful Savior, you have brought me here. You pulled me from the ashes. You have broken every curse. Blessed Redeemer, you have set this captive free. Lord, I can't help but sing faithfully. Faithful, you are Faithful, forever you will be Faithful, you are all your promises All your promises are yes, naming All your promises are yes, naming Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful you are, all your promises are its yes and amen. all your promises are its yes and amen. All your promises I yes and amen. Come on, sing that out. All your promises I yes and amen. Yes. All your promises I yes and amen. Yes. All your promises I yes and amen. Yes.
0: Today, if you are struggling, you haven't found that place that God has talked about, that David has talked about in his Psalms, in your nine one one. If you don't remember everything else, remember. 9-1-1, you're one he, you, her, she, not an it, but he or she, okay, that abides under the shadow of the Almighty, that's your destination, folks, that's where you find peace that passeth all understanding, that's where you find the rest that will cause their weary to rest. It's that place when you feel fear. God will show you that place next to him and put you there and protect you. As David was said, by the arrows by day and the fire by night that would come against you, he perseveres in spite of it because he does you will too. Father, today is we're about to close this service out I I pray for those that are weary that they will find rest those that have not experienced this place that you have provided that their eyes will be open and they will be able to see what it is that you have provided for them just in time Lord as they used to say you're never late you're never late you're always on time Lord I pray for strength today as your word is said for those that have no strength let him ask and you would give it and Father we ask for these that are weary in body weary in mind weary in spirit confused disoriented that focus will come back in the name of Jesus And you will restore health, and you will invigorate them, Lord, us, Lord, me, Lord, that we may accomplish what you have set up for us to do. And I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said Amen.
2: Praise God. All your promises, God, are yes. Yes, and amen. And amen. You got a yes? You got an amen? Come on, you got a yes? You got an amen. You got a yes. You got an amen. Come on, that's the word today. That is the word today. All In Christ. Amen. Can I pronounce this blessing over your life today? Found out of the Word of God. Let's put our benediction up here. The Lord is blessing you by constantly bringing good into your life. The Lord is keeping you, so the care and sacrificial love of Christ poured out on the cross is guarding all that is sacred. Precious about you. Reach out and grab these promises. The Lord is making his face to shine upon you and is gracious to you by having his glory always shine in your life. The Lord is lifting up his countenance upon you by always letting you know that he is fully present and he is self-giving to every one of you. The Lord is giving you peace, unthreatened and undisturbed peace. In your soul under the veneer in your heart is feeling its worth in the significance of Christ Jesus as you go today stop by the connect table It's information regarding events and things coming up in the life of our church ways you can connect and be a part if you need personal prayer of any kind you may come forward and we will pray with you and